Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, December 19th, 527 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets mixed to lower this morning. March corn futures are down three quarters of a cent at 476 and a quarter. March soybeans down nine and a quarter at 1330 and three quarters. March Chicago wheat down a quarter at 616 and three quarters. March Kansas City wheat down a half at 627 and a quarter. March spring wheat up a half at 722. We've got some more logistics problems. U.S.-Mexico railroad border crossings have been temporarily closed. A surge of migrants into the U.S. has caused the closure of the railroad border crossings at Eagle Pass in El Paso, Texas. U.S. Customs and Border Security implemented the closures at 8 a.m. on Monday so the agency could shift personnel to handle the influx of migrants. The closure caused Union Pacific to place an embargo on Mexico-bound freight on 60 trains. The same amount of northbound freight is being held up just south of the border. The closures are affecting the supply chains for essential commodities like grain, industrial products, and cars. This is potentially a big deal for the corn market. Let's run through some uh, context here. So there are, I believe, six big uh, rail crossings, according to this map that was up on a whole bunch of different places. Eagle Pass and El Paso, the two that are delayed, are the number two and number three rail gateways by volume, respectively. Um, this is a quote from the CEO of the um, Association of American Railroads. He said this. There are not separate U.S. and Mexican rail networks. There is only one interconnected North American rail network. Every day the border remains closed, unleashes a cascade of delays across operations on both sides of the border, impacting customers and ultimately consumers. All of the big railroads had comments on this. Uh, Union Pacific says they're in close communication with multiple government agencies. BNSF is committed to border security as well as protecting the economy. I couldn't, there's no timeline on this. I was looking for updates this morning. I didn't see them. I couldn't imagine that they're going to let this go on for very long. You got to keep in mind, this is a man-made logistics issue. This is not like a drought issue, like there's drought on the Panama Canal or the Mississippi River is low. This is something that humans are controlling. So I, I couldn't imagine that they're going to try to kill um, you know, international commerce with this. That being said, Mexico is a huge deal for the corn market uh, this year and, and in any year. Of all the uh, export commitments in total for this current marketing year, Mexico by far is the largest buyer of U.S. corn. Mexico accounts for 47% of all U.S. corn export sales this year. So again, I, I don't I don't think this is going to be an issue. I think this is going to be a short-lived deal. It's a man-made issue. It's not a drought issue. That doesn't mean it couldn't result in some delays, though, and choke up this system a little bit, which uh, would not be a good thing. So let's hope this is very much short-lived. Drought in Brazil has caused fertilizer purchases for the upcoming corn crop to be postponed. Planting of Brazil's second corn crop is being pushed back due to soybean planting being delayed. According to well-followed private group Ag Rural, soybean planting was 94% complete as of last Thursday. In recent seasons, planting has been completed by now. Farmers typically plant less corn when they miss the ideal planting window, which in turn decreases fertilizer demand. Brazilian potash prices have declined to about $325, uh, $325 per metric ton, down 36% compared to last year.
Nobody cares about the Brazil corn story yet. The corn market doesn't appear to care about anything. I mean, it's just been dead as a doornail, totally lifeless as of late. Uh, when you look at the Brazilian weather, we'll give you an update this morning. There's some rains moving across parts of northern Argentina into Paraguay, places like that this morning. By later today, you're going to see rains across Mato Grosso and some of these key Brazilian soybean areas. The forecast looks uh, decent and improved for Brazil. They're going to catch rains where they need them uh, between now, between today and, say, Saturday, Sunday. And then there are some questions after that. So this may be part of the reason soybean market's down. The bean market's not trading like a weather market, in my opinion, right now. It's been really choppy. It's been range-bound. Maybe traders are just uh, uh, kind of closing the books on 2023, and you'll see some more action in 2024. But um, this is a... a somewhat favorable forecast when it comes to soybean production i know they've been uh still running moisture deficits the rains are still below normal but maybe they're enough i don't know so if you guys have not checked out our premium content you need to do so you're not going to find content like this anywhere else joe can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday chris Barron was on yesterday and we discussed uh the microeconomic situation what's actually going on uh from farm to farm, what's going on in individual operations, which is uh, a lot more important than most of the stuff we talk about here. We talk about export sales and government policy. Honestly, the stuff going on in your farm as it relates to your business, that the microeconomic stuff is a lot more important. Chris talked about some microeconomic headwinds, uh, erosion in working capital, interest rates, reduced levels of crop insurance in all likelihood. Um, there are a lot of things that are going to be tricky to deal with on the farm. Uh, Chris ran his 2024 farm budgets, and we actually made a free um, uh, year-over-year cost analysis tool available. Chris and Shay made that available. If you guys want to see that video, go to standardgrain.com. Sign up this morning. Um, this is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. Uh, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody tried to sell you anything else. I'll sign up this morning. I'll send you over a copy of that uh, video with Chris along with the uh, the tool and uh, all the stuff that we had yesterday. It's, it's really, that that's I think some of the best stuff we do is the farm budgeting stuff, you know, things to pay attention to on the microeconomic level. Shipping companies are avoiding the Red Sea as Houthi attacks increase. Since Israel's war began with Hamas, Iranian-backed Houthis have targeted Israeli-linked vessels, but those attacks have now widened to commercial container ships and oil tankers. In recent days, four of the five largest container shipping companies in the world have stopped or changed their routes across the Red Sea. Vessels will now be forced to go around the Cape of Good Hope at the bottom of Africa, adding another week to 10 days of travel time and also increasing costs. Disruptions across the Red Sea coincide with ships being restricted through the Panama Canal due to a lack of rainfall. More logistics issues. Uh, the U.S. government yesterday said that they have a new task force that will counter these attacks. So uh, just like the Mexico thing, this is more of a uh, a man-made thing and that it's not like a, a natural disaster or, or drought type situation. This is more of, of something that we can probably solve fairly quickly with military intervention, I would guess. I don't know exactly which way it goes. It's, uh, again, not not a positive, but maybe not a death sentence either. Oh, wait, hang on. Hang on one second. Oh, I had a crude shoot. chart. I had a crude chart. I forgot it was in here. Um, so crude at crude rallied on this yesterday, but it couldn't hold the rally. It finished like a dollar <laughs> higher, and um, the energies reacted to this. I don't know that grains really showed much reaction to this at all. That was the that was the other my other point here on that.
Uh, so U.S. soybean shipments improved last week. USDA reported that 1.4 million metric tons of soybeans were inspected for export during the week ending December 14th. The print was up 41% compared to the previous week, but down 28% versus the same week last year. Corn shipments increased 31% versus the prior week at 947,418 metric tons. Wheat shipments were reported at 284,792 metric tons, decreasing 10% compared to the previous week and 6% versus the same week last year. Uh, Primetime U.S. corn shipping season is upon us. We're going to start to see an increase in shipments here, especially during during the first quarter once the calendar turns. And um you know, hope we get everything shipped. Soybeans, I th- I still think there's a lot of questions. We've seen all these flash sales as of late. Um, how big is the Brazilian crop? What's the logistics situation? What's Chinese demand? There's there's a lot of questions here, but yesterday's numbers uh, were not bad at all. Goldman Sachs has increased its 2024 forecast for the S&P 500. The Wall Street Bank is projecting that the S&P 500 will, will reach 5,100 next year, up from the target of 4,700 that was set here just a few weeks ago. The S&P 500 currently sits at 4,740, only, one only 1.2% off its high set back in January of 2022. Since late October, the index has gained an impressive 15%. Expectations of the Fed cutting rates in 2024 have fueled gains. Uh, The Fed announced last week that it plans to cut rates by 0.75% next year. However, the market is projecting that rates will be reduced by 1.5%. So there is some improved sentiment as it relates to the uh, stock market. And nothing changes sentiment like price. When the price goes up, sentiment becomes more positive. When the price goes down, sentiment becomes more negative. Um, there's one guy on Wall Street that everybody follows, Mike Wilson from Morgan Stanley, and he's like the biggest bear on Wall Street uh, typically. And even uh, this guy says this is a bullish outcome for stocks as it relates to the Fed. He did warn, however, and I think this is probably your your argument if you're a if you're a bear when it comes to uh, not only the stock market but the economy in general, is that if the Fed cuts, we're going to get a reinflation event, and that presents uh, risk into 2024. And maybe that's maybe that's the case, but I think you're taking a few too many steps forward. Uh, what did Cal do yesterday? Uh, they had another positive day. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 240 higher. Live cattle futures closed an average of 68 cents higher. Box beef was mixed. Choice ended the day at 288.93. That was down 271. Select ended the day at 263.72. That was up 290. It's like we found a bottom, at least yeah. at least near term. Uh, U.S. dollars off a little bit this morning. Stocks are fractionally higher. Bonds are up. Uh, crude oil is down nine cents in the February WTI at 72.73. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.